0: Look for ways to create time and space for you to do those things that you most love and are ultimately going to lead you to becoming who you want to be in the next five years, 10 years, much further down the line that are actually going to matter. Hey everyone, welcome to No Fat Cats, where we help high-performing creative teams get even better. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. Welcome to 2020. I hope your year is going great and it's off to a fantastic start. I know the beginning of a year and marking points such as birthdays or starts of New Year's are always great opportunities to take some time to really reflect about where we're going, how the last year went and how this next year is gonna go. And I know I've spent a bit of time thinking through all those aspects and just thinking through like what happened last year, what did I enjoy, what do I wanna be repeating? And all all the scientists show that just making Decisions and resolutions at an important point in time are significantly more likely to be held out versus randomly making a decision at a random part of the year that isn't associated with a new choice. This podcast is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be structured a little bit more. Like a short form audiobook with uh, specific chapters, with me, your host, Wesley Dean, the author, and is also going to provide times for reflection. So I know I tend to listen to podcasts often at time and a half when I'm biking to work or you know, commuting somewhere. And while I love the chance to listen, 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 and I'm trying to consume, they don't often offer times for reflection in the middle of the podcast. And by the time you get back to wherever you're going, you're jumping into the next thing without taking time to actually think. And so one of the things with audiobooks is that Or podcast is that we need to make sure we have time to take in content but also react to it and i know it's always important to be able to take some time away from the 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 hustle and bustle of your work of life and to really stop and think about last year what what happened what went well what you enjoy doing and what the year ahead is going to look like I know I always value those opportunities to do that. And I really should take those opportunities more often because I think when we're in the moment, it's easy to assume that everything we're doing is just extremely important. What we're doing today is important. What today, we're doing today is going to matter, you know, next month, the next year from now, the next five years from now. But but if you stop and think about it, look back to, to last year and think through what did you do that you remember? Like, what do you remember now that it's you know, 2020? What do you remember from last year that you would say, that was awesome, I really enjoyed that, that is when I, I came alive. And I've also been really interested in this mixture between podcast and audiobook. And so if you noticed, over the last several years, things have really been, the lines between the two have really been blurring a lot. And so... No, you you'd have your traditional interview, your podcast, and then you have an audiobook that initially people would write the audio the book and then they'd have someone read it. But now we're starting to see things such as like enhanced audiobooks with Malcolm Gladwell's talking to strangers, where there's a you get a mixture of interview segments mixed in with aspects that are actually narrated. And so this line between podcast and audiobook is really starting to blur. And I'm excited to see what happens within the audio space and where things go. And uh, one of my goals is actually to work on audiobook, uh, working on it this year. In this short podcast, audiobook, I'm gonna go through, it's gonna be chapter based. And so we actually have chapters with times to reflect, followed with a musical break, where you can think about those questions. With my goal being that you can think through a process and think through what you wanna be doing different this year and come up with steps to accomplish it creatively. Chapter one, what do you love doing? What do you remember from last year? When you think back to last year, everything you did, everything you were involved with, what are the things that you remember the most that made you come alive? For me, on the personal level, I know I definitely, there's all the moments I had with my family, whether it's times going on a trip, the trip that we did out west, just being able to spend time together in nature, enjoying, um, Now, the beauty and spending time with the family, but on a work level, some of the things that I enjoyed the most and are the most memorable for me were some of those conversations I was able to have with people that had a big strategic impact for them down the road. The first conversation was a group that recruits young students, young adults to go overseas to work in a variety of different contexts kind of ministering with different people, kind of walking with them. And they really, the group really needed a video to kind of highlight the program to highlight the benefits of the program and get people excited about it. And they reached out to me because they wanted to produce a video because that's what I had been doing was producing videos. And so they said, started talking about why they wanted to do this video. But when I looked at their goals, For me to do the video, I would have had to have charged so much that it just wouldn't have been worth it for them to be able to, to, for what they wanted to do. Like it just would have cost too much for me to travel internationally for probably a week or so to be able to film and then edit the content they wanted to. But because I really cared about what they were doing and the work they were doing, I I told them, do you know what? Like this for this trip, you could get someone to do it for free. And they, I think we're a little bit surprised. Like for free, I was like, yes, because there's international travel involved. If you if you put a put a petition out, put a request out there that someone has to have their own camera and they have to be able to film, you have to like their filming, but you will pay for their air, airplane, all expenses to go overseas somewhere to a country they've never been before. People will take you up on the offer. And through my one conversation, I was able to help them realize that you know, they had an intern who could do some of the editing at their office, and all they needed to do was recruit someone and paint a picture of what it was going to be like, put it out there for the trip. They could get someone to do the project for free, and um, at the end, they would get the video that they wanted at a significantly lower price than if I had done it. And so, so what happened was I kind of looked over their kind of like the proposal, their little one-page job description they were pushing out to circulate. So that's always important: is that giving something. Tangible that people can forward around to, you know, their friends or acquaintances who might be involved. You know, they did that, and they ultimately were able to find uh, someone who who could actually do the trip, who was really good, and they got a great video as a result. And through that one conversation, I was able to you know save them potentially thousands of dollars, and they still got a better product. Then you might think, oh, well, you just turned down the work. Like, how did that work out for you? Well, no, because as a result of being free and available. I did have another project came up involving producing a podcast series and filming in Kenya and Uganda that ended up being um, a longer, much, much better paying uh, project and it worked out better for both of us. I said no to the projects that weren't the, the best for me. That wasn't a good fit for both of us and the return opened up things in my, my life, in my schedule so that I could do something I was really excited about and really loved. And so what I want to ask you is like, what do you love doing? And for me, it's having those conversations where I can talk to someone, walk them through strategy early on, help point out some pitfalls that they they might not foresee or help them think about things in a new light. Because here's the thing, when you're stuck in a, a current mentality of thinking, it's really hard to see your blind spots. And when you're in a car, you know, I know there's the cars that have the little cameras in the, in the mirror, but if you're looking forward and you're in a car and there's a car in your blind spot, like... You literally can't see them and you either have to turn your head or someone else has to say, Oh, watch out. There's this in your blind spot. And that's what I love being able to do is people are sometimes so focused on going forward that they, they lose the ability to look in their blind spots. But when you have someone else guiding you with you, you can help point those out. And so my question is, you know, what do you love doing? And for me, that's what it's been. It's been those conversations. I had another conversation with someone who's starting up kind of a media company to help, uh, kids thinking about issues and through the process of talking with this person I just said you know you really need to have a prototype like I know you've been working on this for a while you're working on the technology getting the back end but if you if you want to ultimately be a company that produces media people want to see samples they want to see prototypes and through my conversation I convinced this person to really put the marbles in the prototype and uh, she did that and shortly afterwards she was able to raise close to from an investor in the company close to $25,000 in part because she had that prototype. And so that's where you know, a one-hour conversation can help them earn $25,000. And that is what I've realized I really love doing. And it's those moments of podcasting where I'm having just great conversations with people. It's uh, being able to have those one-on-one conversations where you're exploring issues and diving into things. And when it comes to my job, you know, that is what I really – that is the stuff that I really love doing. Now, for me, that whole process has gone back and forth a bit. So at one point when I started building up a team, I realized that I was reaching a point where I couldn't actually spend time like in doing the work and editing. I was spending all my time like managing people. And while it was okay for that season, I, I realized that I loved doing the actual work, like being creative, doing editing, but I couldn't do any of that when I had closer to three employees because I had to spend more time answering questions, focusing on things and for me at that moment that wasn't quite where I wanted to be and because I still was attached uh, to the work and this was back in 2015 or so but then fast forward to 2019 you know I started off with a podcast in in the summer was was really excited about it but then as a result of actually doing more strategy work helping people think through things I ended up getting put in up doing a lot more work for the project in Kenya, Uganda, that I absolutely loved. And I you know loved going on the trip. But it meant that afterwards, there was just a lot of editing, a lot of deadlines I had to get done. And I was the one doing the actual work. But it meant that all of that work was taking me away from doing the thing that I actually loved doing, which was some of that initial strategy work. So it became kind of this dilemma of where you you put things out, you get busy, and then you say yes to opportunities that come up even if they might not be what you absolutely want to be doing. And as a result, you are doing something that's good, but not the exact thing you want to be doing. And, and that's what happened to me. I was doing things I loved, but at the end of the year, I looked back and there are episodes I missed. I wasn't as consistent with the podcast as I wanted to, and that was because I was busy. And so thinking back on the year, I've had to ask myself, like, what do I actually love doing the most? And is it doing the editing? Is it doing the the video editing? Or is it doing some of the the strategy work? And after producing this this other podcast, the results weren't quite what I would have wanted or quite what I would have expected. And I don't think it had to do issues of the editing or, you know, the actual filming. But I think there was a few strategy things that we didn't quite spend enough time with strategy, helping people determine what their goals were from the beginning. So that's why it comes back to what do you love? And so now take some time and think through what from last year did you absolutely love doing to the point that you wanna do more of it this year? Chapter two, did you do everything last year that you wanted to? When I think about last year and what I did, you know, I did end up initially started doing more strategy work, was able to pitch it to people. And now I was brought on board for projects that people wanted more strategy, but then I did inevitably end up getting sucked into doing more work that was good, but wasn't necessarily, but it kept me really busy. And as a result of being busy, it meant that I wasn't doing everything that I absolutely wanted to be doing, which in this case was doing more podcasting. And so that was the big thing I had to think through is that I ended up starting to do this stuff. I was editing other people's podcasts, but it meant that I didn't have as much time to work on my own. And so it it became kind of this process where the work I wanted to be doing, I started it, but it meant that I was almost too busy to be doing the stuff I really wanted to be doing. And so that's what I want to know is like, did you do everything last year that you wanted to do or were the things that you, that just didn't happen? As you think through next, this next year, I think change isn't always easy, but there's a few ways to look at it. The first is I actually did do everything I wanted to do last year, or, you know, I did everything that I wanted to last year and I didn't do a few things, but I'm really okay with this next year being exactly like last year. And, and if that's the case, you're just, you're perfectly fine with the status quo then guess what? There's a, a high likelihood that you're not going to change because the truth is change does take a lot of work and uh, it sometimes requires being uncomfortable. And so if you are really comfortable and you're happy being comfortable, then you can just yeah like turn off the podcast and be like, congrats, because nothing will apply to you. However, if you do find yourself wishing you could do a few things different this year, even if they're not huge, but a few small things, keep listening because it is really hard to change unless the pain of not changing is greater than the pain of changing. And I think for me, when I look at towards the end of 2019, I started to see that I dropped the ball on a lot of the podcast and I didn't do as much of the strategy work that I wanted to do. And part of that was because I, there were things that I wanted to do, but the pain of not doing those things wasn't, wasn't that bad. And I was comfortable doing, doing everything else to keep keep the business going to stay busy and I was okay neglecting those most important things for the sake of doing just keeping things grinding so that's what I to ask you again take the moment to think through what things do you wish you could have done last year that you didn't do Chapter three, saying no. How willing are you to say no to all of the other stuff for the sake of doing what you love? Going back on my journey, there were times where I didn't want to say no to giving up editing and for the sake of kind of managing a team. I didn't want to give up doing the actual work for the sake of doing a team. And there were times last year where, you know, I wasn't willing to say no to editing other people's podcasts for the sake of doing my own. I wasn't willing to say no to doing other people's work for doing mine. But that's something that I really want to change for this year is the ability to to say no to other things so that I can pursue those things that I'm most excited about. But I've realized that there is one big obstacle that allows you to say no to things. And that is really being in a spot financially where you can feel the freedom to say no. And so I know you might be thinking, oh, this is a podcast for creatives, but it is important to understand that unless you have some of the finances right, you're not going to be able to say no to opportunities that are good for the sake of waiting for those that are great. And for this year, I, eventually, I see myself eventually transitioning over to not doing as much of the filming and editing to pursue more of the strategy work. But before I do that, I've kind of set up a few financial goals for me because I know that it will be much easier for me to say no to those things if, you know, I have I have met my financial goals and I know that even if something says no and nothing comes up right away that's what I want to do, a great opportunity, that if I say no to enough good opportunities, eventually the great opportunities will come. But it's always that uncertainty between when I say no to something good for the great opportunity that comes up, there might be a little bit of lag. And that lag, that uncertainty is what can be be kind of scary, honestly, at times where you say no to something in between, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when this great thing is going to come up. Eventually, it will come up if you say no to en- enough other uh, good opportunities. But in between that period, you need to know that you are okay waiting and preparing for that great opportunity. And so that's where I want to encourage you to take a look at where you are financially and what kind of changes you might have to make to your lifestyle, what kind of changes you might have to make when it comes to your savings patterns. Uh, you know, Do you save? Is it um, – you know, and if you need a few thoughts on savings, you can always go back to episode with Tom Gearhart, episode four, but no, no one saves later at the end. You know, no one, no one waits until they look at the end of the month to see how much money they have left over and put it into savings. You know, everyone has to save first and being able to say no is going to be directly correlated between your ability to manage resources financially And at times people might need to, you might need to quit a job or you might need to say no to a project that looks okay, but isn't necessarily the, the, the best, or it might be being willing to say no to a, you know, to a project that comes up or say no to an opportunity for the sake of keeping at things that are great. But if you have set aside time in terms of financially, where you have that savings in the backpack and the, in a bank account somewhere far away, if you have that cushion, that is going to give you the confidence you need to start turning things down. And so that I want to go back to that question. How willing are you to say no to the good opportunities for the sake of doing great things, things that you absolutely love? And if you aren't willing to say no, you may have to look at financially, what can you do to get to that spot? And so I know for me, I do have some goals for 2020, which is just once I've reached that certain goal, I am going to say no to doing all these other things that are that are good, but not the great. So now take some time to think through what can you say no to this year for the sake of saying yes to the great things this year and what financial steps you need to take to get there. Chapter four, the 20% challenge. All the time, there are things that we do have to do to kind of keep things going to keep keep grinding away to keep, you know, paying the bills to keep moving things forward. We do need to be able to keep things going. If we run a business, if we work in marketing a company, like if you have a boss, like they have expectations for us to get work done. And we have to keep doing those things. Absolutely. We can't just let them slide. But I do want to look at this idea of the 20% challenge and saying, can you dedicate 20% of your time to doing those things that you love the most or that are going to help you accomplish your goals the most? Google initially, they supposedly wanted to give their employees 20% time to just do free innovation and seeing what would come up with it. Now, there is some debate about whether or not employees did actually have this 20% or was it simply people pursuing things they wanted to do in extra time? But they did credit this 20% to the creation of some of the products that we use most, such as AdSense, such as Google Mail. Regardless of whether Google actually had 20% of their time free, they did at least like the idea and tried to push it forward in their early stages. There was actually a memo that circulated about this idea of employees being able to spend 20% of their time. But I do think that the 20% rule definitely has some merit for consideration, And I want you to think through, do you actually have 20% of your time to be doing those things that you love the most, whether it's being creative, whether it's exploring ideas, whether it's producing something yourself, whether it's a podcast, whether it's being artistic, whatever it might be, do you have in your current job? the ability to do twenty percent of your time. This this is basically one day a week. So four hours one day, four hours the next to be able to do those things that you are most passionate about. And if the answer is no, there's no way in your current job you can do those things that you love the most, then you know, you may need to think through one, is it the right fit for you? Or two, do you need to have a talk with your your boss or supervisor? Because if you accepted a position somewhere, doing a job, especially if it's in a creative field, and you can't at least spend 20% of your time doing those things that you love the most, like you probably are going to burn out at some point, you're you're probably going to not, you're going to get tired with your job, you're just going to keep going along without being able to do those things you love the most. Now, I'm not saying that you are going to convince your employer or you you yourself to do 20% things that are completely unrelated to your job. So in my case, I do have a hobby, which is uh, woodworking, I enjoy building things, whether it's art, but but I don't actually take 20% of my time out of my workday to do that. um, Those things that are completely unrelated to my job, I do those on the weekends and evenings, uh, creating woodwork that I absolutely love that I probably should start a uh, Instagram account for just woodworking. But I I do those things they love and they're life giving. But there are the things that are related to more in my business that actually brings in money uh, so far besides the few things that woodworking pieces I sold on like Facebook Marketplace, where and that is doing strategy work, doing podcasting and doing these things like creating content that actually talks about this additional strategy work. And so for you, that might be in a spot where you really love tinkering with marketing, you love doing emails, you love being able to Create things for your organization, your business, your company that are, are going to help it move forward and um, fix a current problem or meet a need. If you don't have that time, you, I think you really should look at your schedule and think through, have a conversation about how you are doing more of what you want to be doing creatively. Because if you look, look back on the last year, how many of those meetings that you have that fill up your schedule, how, many of that, how much of the stuff that you did really at the end had an impact? Because at times I've spent a lot of time shooting and editing videos that at the end of the day got very little, had very little views. And so I could have, in many cases, been better off spending more time up front doing work that no one wanted to do because they just wanted to get right to it than spent, spending time cranking out stuff, grinding videos out that weren't ultimately going to have impact. And so that's what I want to realize is that when you look at, and you'll see this principle, the Pareto principle, where 20% of your, of your work brings 80% of your value is how do we make sure you make sure that your 20% is bringing in that 80% of the value for everything else. So I'm not saying quit your job or completely stop doing everything you're doing. Like the ship has to keep rolling. If you are, you know, you have kids, you have a, a family, like they probably are counting on your job to be able to move things forward. So don't just, without having that financial cushion, back out, bail out, but look for ways to create time and space for you to do those things that you you most love and are ultimately going to lead you to becoming who you want to be in the next five years, 10 years, much further down the line that are actually going to matter. So right now, stop and think, what is your top 20% activity that's really going to make a difference in the long run and how can you spend more of your time doing that top 20%. Chapter 5: Habit Stacking and Planning. Now that you've taken the time to think through your 20% challenge and what that looks like, and you know you know you want to do more of it, you really the next step is to have a plan for when you're going to do it and and what does that look like? I was introduced to the topic of habit stacking by James Clear in his book Atomic Habits. What is habit stacking? Habit stacking means that eventually in your life what you do is you start planning Ways of doing things and sequence them so that once you do one thing, you automatically do the next thing. So for this year, I'm trying to get in a much better routine in the mornings. Where at times I feel like I would often rush up, go out the door without really, you know, taking taking time in my personal life, whether it's devotions, spending a little bit of time reflecting about the day, and uh, that was because things were getting they were my morning was getting derailed. So last year, I did successfully establish the habit of waking up in the morning, drink a, cl- a glass of water before any coffee, because your body is partially dehydrated after sleeping all night without drinking anything. But then immediately after drinking water, while I'm still drinking water, I would start putting the dishes away from the dishwasher that we normally run the dishwasher at night, once everything is in, and then in the morning it's still full, and needs to be emptied out. And so that's one thing I started doing as I started drinking water, put the dishes back where they belong. And this also gets my body thinking, body moving, and I'm bending down, reaching up and thinking through where everything goes. So, so it also engages my brain. And this was a point where I was able to get this down to the point where I was at my in-laws I also have a dishwasher around Christmas time. And in the morning, what did I do? I went down, I got my glass of water and started putting the dishes away because that was what, that's what I did. That's, that's the habit. But there are a few other habits that I really have been wanting to also incorporate. And those were, Spending some more time just in the morning journaling, reading my Bible, and doing a little bit of exercise. And so what would happen is often I would get busy. Things would I would go off. And these things just wouldn't happen. Where I'd tell myself I'd do it later, and, and they just weren't happening. But what I've started doing is let's create that morning, and let's make sure I stack these things. So immediately after doing the dishwasher, I go to the couch. I pull out whether it's my Bible app on my phone or hard copy, and let's spend some time just reading then immediately after I'm done reading, just write a little bit, a few words notes in my journal. It doesn't have to be a huge reflection, but just start writing a few words. And immediately after doing that, I am gonna do pushups. And so now, now that I had this, this set th- series of things done, I've been doing a much better job because it's not when am I gonna do you know pushups in the day or maybe I'll think about it at night or maybe I'll think about it in the middle of the day, but no, this is exactly when I do them. So taking this into the workspace, I struggled a lot with editing the podcast uh, in the fall. So at times I would record a podcast, but I was so busy. I tell myself I'd edit it at some point, but I would just, I would never, I wouldn't get to it. And cause I was, I was too busy, but then I, I started to brought on, uh, you know, Logan to help editing. He lives in Ohio. He interned with us, but I was like, you know, what? I really need help with the podcast editing. I'm going to start getting him involved so he can do some of the work because I I'm obviously too busy for it. And so now what I do is that as soon as I record a podcast episode, uh, when I interview with someone, I'll immediately afterwards record the intro and outro because the, those two elements were actually like big hangups. I would out record episode. It would sit in my hard drive for a few weeks at times. And I was like, I just, I need to record the intro outro. I, I wasn't getting to it, but now I, I record the episode, do the intro outro, and then send it off to Logan, who then has all the pieces he needs, to then go ahead through and edit it. And, uh, Now that we've got the process going, it it literally is like, like magic, like, but it's because I have it stacked. And I think more and more research is showing that, that, you know, willpower alone is not going to help you accomplish your goals for this next year, for 2020, you need to be able to shape an environment, uh, work on your environment that's going to help you make those decisions you need to actually Accomplish what you want to do. Because let me tell you that the whirlwind of everything that's going on is going to really suck you away from doing that 20% that you really want to do, from doing that 20% of stuff that you really value. And you need to be able to find a way to create your environment, create habits that are automatically going to lead to you having time to do those things that matter the most. And so for me, one of my goals is on Wednesday morning, is when I work on podcasts, reaching out to people, unless. There is something extremely urgent that has to be done for a client on Wednesday. Now, because th- that's the criteria, is like, do I absolutely have to do this? Does the client need it today? Except last Wednesday, when I did have a project that absolutely did need to be getting out the door that day, and uh, so I let myself slide. But then my rule is that if I miss a Wednesday having it be my editing day, the next day, Thursday, automatically has to be. That podcasting day. And it's always the thing I do first thing in the morning before any other work. Because what was happening is that I would start, I'd get my Wednesday, I'd say, Oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to respond to this. And then by the end of the day, I was like, Well, I, I didn't have time to work on my podcast, which is what I really wanted to do. And it was extremely frustrating. But now with more of a plan in place where it's like I record on Wednesdays, I shoot emails to people on Wednesdays. I follow up with people on Wednesdays. That is my day for doing stuff. But I've given myself a caveat where by 3 to 5 p.m. I can take time to answer anything. I can take time to do some of that work that really needs to be done by the end of the day. So I've given myself a little bit of space, but I've also created a plan for when my Wednesdays get derailed. I have a plan for what Thursday looks like for accomplishing my goals. That's the question. How are you creating an environment and scheduling your time in a way to help accomplish that 20%? Another example is that I've approached my workout life from the premise that I am naturally going to be lazy and naturally will not want to, uh, work out at all. Like that's just a, I'll enjoy playing sports with people, but I naturally, my natural inclination is not, not to work out and not to exercise. And so what I've done is that I have shaped my environment in a way where I have to. So we there by two main decisions, when we were looking at where we wanted to live, one of my, my biggest requirement for a house was I want to be able to bike to work. Like that was literally my, my biggest, some people like, Oh, I want to have this many rooms. Like that was literally at the top of my list because I was like, if I can be in a spot where I bike to work, then I will be able to bike to work. And then decision number two was buy only one car. So so my family and I only have one car to use. And so what that means is that if ever I'm going to work in my office, it's like, well, I need the car. Well, I'm like, well, I guess I have to get on my bike. And guess what? As soon as I get on my bike at the, from my house, I always bike to work. So despite it being 30 minutes or whatever, like there's never been a time where I didn't get on my bike, go part way, and then decide oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back, you know, because uh, it's just, yeah, once I get on my bike, I, I'm i all of a sudden getting my workout done. And guess what? Most of the time, whenever I get to work, unless there's a lightning storm, I always bike back. And so I've kind of structured my life in a way such that I've made decisions such as not having a second car. And if I need another car for work, I can rent one. And because it's literally just down down the street, there's a place I can rent a car and I count it as a business expense if it's for for work. So, you know, it, it, it works out. And but I created an environment where it forced me to do actions that I don't normally want to do. Because guess what? One is chilly outside. And I know that if I had the option at times on that chilly day between having a car and biking to work, I would probably go with the car every single time. But I don't have the car, so it forces me to bike to work, and I get the exercise that I know I definitely need. And another goal of mine this year is to really spend some time learning. So just spend some time thinking about things, exploring topics, Learning, taking online courses, and I know at times, it, all too often, it's easy for us to sign up for for something online and then never do it. But I worked at creating a reward. So for me, what that looks like is I actually let myself go to a coffee shop somewhere where I can then get a coffee. So it's kind of a fun environment. It's a little bit different. Maybe treat myself. Maybe get a little pastry or something, and then sit down to actually take this class. So that way, I've now created a positive. Uh, experience such as going to a coffee shop having something fun to eat with actually taking the course so now going out we're doing work is now actually significantly more fun than trying to do it at the end of a day in work or after i'm with things because guess what? Work is hardly ever done. But we have to take time to work on those things that we know are going to matter next year, or the year afterwards, and really making sure we set aside time to put ourselves first. And so that is one of my goals for this year is to focus on setting my priorities for where I want to go first. Because guess what? So far, I haven't run into anyone who going through their life, they're like, hey, how can I hire you and pay you to do stuff that is going to advance your goals and your career like that just that just hasn't happened. And so I'm gonna to have to be intentional about putting the work that I need to do for myself first and finding ways of accomplishing that. So I realized that if you do have, uh, you're an employee, that's, that's for me as a self employed person where I can set my own schedule. But if you're an employee, and you have a boss who sets a schedule, I strongly encourage you to think through things carefully and think through how can you do those things that are going to really make a difference for the work, but maybe are things that aren't being like demanded of you and have a conversation, whether it's asking your boss to say, Hey, I'd like to work on this topic. I think it's going to make a big difference for the company, for my organization. But in order to do that, I'm going to need to have whether it's four hours of time on a Tuesdays that I can block off and, and work on this. And guess what? If you can explain to your supervisor, your boss, why you want to do something how it's going to help them, and why you think it's a good idea, get that buy-in, they will all of a sudden be on board to help you accomplish those things. And so whenever they come and try to schedule you during that time, for one, maybe you've already blocked it off if you have it on a calendar, but they will be on board with what you're doing because they know how it's going to help in the long run. Even though there may be an immediate fire that needs to happen that they think is important, once you've set aside that time to work on that important thing, that top 20%, it's going to be much easier to get it done. And so for today, I want you to think through what are you doing to make your goals as easy as possible? How are you providing a reward for yourself? And how are you habit stacking your life to be able to accomplish those things that really matter and are going to matter much later from now? conclusion i hope you really enjoyed this different format breaking things into chapters i hope they provided some time to think through things provided a mental break to be able to process things at a deeper level and if you need to i'd strongly encourage you to re-listen this episode with a piece of paper where you can stop listen pause write down the answers before moving on to the next step references I want to give credit where credit is due. And while I haven't had any direct quotes from different books, there have been a few topics and ideas that I have pulled from a variety of different sources. In the podcast, I use the term the whirlwind to refer to everything going on in your life that doesn't necessarily completely move you forward, but just keeps everything going. And this concept is really fleshed out in the book The Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney, Jim Holling, and Sean Covey. When I talked about Google's 25% time rule, I was pulling from a variety of different articles, one of them being at TheInnovationEnterprise.com, The Myth of Google's 20%, and the other one being from Mashable, How the 20% Time Rule Led to Google's Most Innovative Products. I'll have links to those in the show notes. And as I referenced directly, I pulled from James Clear's Atomic Habits when referring to habit stacking and a number of his principles related to how to form great habits. I also pulled from a few topics from The One Thing by Gary Keller, specifically concepts related to blocking time, and few others related to habit formation that found their way into the podcast. You'll find that especially when it comes to things like habit formation, a number of people are kind of quoting similar things or pulling up similar principles for what it takes to be successful. And I think this is probably just a clear sign for the fact that when people are doing research, they're all kind of uncovering some of the same things, particularly that just that it does take a little bit to create habits and that you really need to be able to f- set aside focus time for particular things if you want to be successful. I hope all these concepts were helpful. I definitely would encourage you to check all these things out for further info, and I'll have the links in the show notes. So for now, until next time, we'll be going back to a regular interview. But for now, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Feel free to send it to someone who you think might benefit. Also, please, if you've enjoyed the podcast, feel free to leave a a review on your favorite podcast app, as I know that really helps get the podcast out. So until next time, have a good one.